Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Want to remind you uh, about our friends at Ken Garf West Valley Ram. Stop by their dealership during the Ram Power Days. Take advantage of special offers on select new models. <coughs> Excuse me. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it at West Valley Ram. He is here. He is in studio. It is Tuesday. We always look forward to talking to Craig Bowler, Jack. What's up, Bowler? Good to see you guys. They rolled in here for some therapy. So let's go. <laughs> Good. Let's and, do this. And and this is your your day off. The the days of either not having a game or not traveling. Yeah. I think this is this is a mellow two days right here. Yeah, it's kind we of got kind in of nice. around. Let's see. We got in about one. Probably, probably the earliest we've gotten in from a road trip so far. I think it was about one twenty, something like that. Got home around quarter two. Uh, we've been in about three, three thirty a couple times, or you know, three twenty, whatever that is. By the time you get get to your house, so yeah, that was really early, by the way, getting in at uh, you know one one forty. Shoot, but having two days off, it feel, it feels good. Let's go back to work though tomorrow. Well, Bowler, speaking of going back to work, that's what the Jazz have to do. <laughs> huh? Yeah. They do. You know, there's there's a lot of things I've heard you guys talk a little bit today about some of the issues. And, uh, you know, I kind of get uh, pelted whenever I wherever I go about what's going on, what's wrong. And, you know, uh, you're seven games in. And sure, I think, you know, you can't put the 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 flare gun into the air yet. But, yeah, there's there's legit concerns. I don't think it's something that you can just say, hey, you know, it's going to be OK. And, and you think it will. But you've got to see it right to believe it, and I think rebounding is obviously you know one of the things that really stood out on that road trip. Uh, you know, Boyan unable to block out on that follow-up bucket for the Kings, and you just beat them five nights or four nights prior by 32, which makes that game a, a head scratcher. Like why? Um, and again, Quinn said they wanted it more, and maybe that's the case. Which, again, fans don't want to hear, especially when you dominate a young club like that who's struggling and, and who, by the way, had not won a game in the regular season that one stung and then you go to LA and play toe-to-toe with Kawhi and the Clippers until the fourth quarter and then it just slips slides away offensive rebounds um can't block out uh there are few and far between on the offensive side second chance points was the other thing yeah and then of course you, and third chance and third chances yeah and then you look at obviously the the, the woes of Conley uh continue so I got some thoughts about that but it's you know, again, I, I, I'm not ready to put a, um, a shell into the, uh, into the uh, you know, put a, put a, into the sky. What is it? A flare, a flare gun. I mean, I just don't think you got to put the warning shot up yet, but it's, uh, it, it's a little uh, concerning. Sure. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, breaking things down, look, I, I try to put myself uh, into a situation of leaving, a co- you know, basically a, another company, which let's make this the Memphis Grizzlies, right? 12 years, very comfortable, center of attention, uh, knew the system well. The system was built basically for him, and he ran the show and had the ball in his hands a lot. He knew his players very well. Uh, and I think what I see from Mike Conley is uh, still an incredible adjustment period that I didn't expect, uh, honestly. Uh, I think that there is a bit of panic in his play for my chair. Uh, maybe some indecisions, 
But also, I think this is brought forth, too, from what is human nature. And look, I'm, uh, Mike can handle himself and, and talk to the media and the fans, all that, you know, what, however he wants to handle this. This is just from, from my perspective. But I just see a guy that is maybe knows that the expectations for this franchise basically ride a lot on his shoulders. And I think in the human nature part of it, uh, that's that's part of the issue. He's forgotten just to go play ball and do what he does does best. And, you know, I was breaking down numbers. I felt like I was locked today. But I, I think it's fair to look at, and for the fans to, to hear this too, is if you look at the seven games for the Jazz, it's 12 and a half points. Uh, he's 32% field goal percentage, 28% from downtown. The assists are not Mike Conley way, 3.9, and the, and the turnovers are not his style at 3.1. You look at his career numbers, so real quick, four, nearly 15 a, a night, all right, over his first 12 years in the league. 44% from the floor, uh, 37 from downtown, nearly six assists a game, and he averages just about two turnovers. You know, point guards handle the ball a lot. And so the turnovers, that doesn't surprise me. You like to have it 1-5-1-7, but he's at 2. Um, and the three games, I think, that kind of stand out and slap Conley in the face a bit and the fans worry is the OKC start on opening night was 1 of 16. Uh, the Laker game was 3 of 11. And then he had the bust-down game. Then he came back and went 0 for 7 against the Phoenix Suns. So in those three games, uh, he's 12%, 4 of 34. Um, he's better player than that. I don't think Father Time just, you know, kicked his legs from out from underneath him at the at this particular time. Uh, and so I, I just think it has to be him to just to work through the issues of uh, getting back and, and just playing his game. Most great athletes don't ever think of much. They just react for the moment. You start to think too much. Then, of course, I think turnovers and issues with your shot begin to kind of surface. And I think, uh, again, Mike... Uh, is a tough guy uh, I, but again I think uh, the expectations maybe has overrun him a little bit right now and you hope that he can relax maybe these two days is the best medicine for him, for him because the next two games look you got two beasts coming out of the east you know right here in Salt Lake and those games are important after one and three in a row you lose two and now you've got Philadelphia and you got the Milwaukee Bucks with uh, the, the reigning MVP and, and Giannis. So uh, the next two uh, two games are big before heading out to Golden State. So Gordon and I were talking about this uh, yesterday, and we were talking about how this is a new challenge for Quinn Snyder because Mike Conley, they've got to make him comfortable enough, uh, comfortable so he can produce. And they ha- you mentioned it. He, he has to produce. I mean, he's making that kind of money and has that kind of role on this team that they, they have to figure it out. And so Coach Snyder, this is not – you know, getting the most out of a young player here. This is making a veteran all-star player, and I realize he hasn't made an all-star team, but all-star level player right. comfortable so he can produce at an all-star level because that's what they need. They they desperately need him to do that. They, they have to have him do it. I, I think it's not just they want, but he has to perform at that type of level. Uh, that's what they brought him in for. That's the investment, as we know. The money is probably one of the most, you know, aggressive the Jazz have ever have ever been right. in an offseason to go after a player that is uh, about a $32 million a year player. And I think that also with fans, the expectation plays into that as well. You know, Twitter goes wild. Fans have that fandomonium, the fanaticism of, of, of the game and the love for the game and the love for their franchise. And I see that. I read that. I understand that. Uh, Conley seven games into his career with the Utah Jazz after 12 in Memphis. You know, I don't 
I, I think, too, that the expectations that I fell into, most of the media, not only local but national, when you look at this roster, is so intriguing. And then just to have the kind of performances off and on uh, that the Jazz have had. They, they haven't clicked, let's be honest. They still haven't really clicked. And even though their defense is still, the, you know, it was one of the top in the, in the NBA uh, with Gobert anchoring that, that was the issue in preseason. Then all of a sudden, that's not the issue. It's the offense now that just doesn't seem to have the sink. And the three-point shot hasn't fallen on a regularity. And you got to get second-chance points, which they had very few, if any, uh, against the Clippers. I like uh, those two words you use there, Bowler, to describe what uh, Conley's going through. Panic and indecision. I, that's right on the money. Because I sense that, too, in watching him. So then the question becomes the comfort that you were talking about, Jake. How do you get him comfortable? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Well, I think it's going to have to come from, from Mike Conley. I mean, he's too savvy of a veteran not to understand himself better than we do, right? So it's got to be a calming effect where maybe, again, uh, that you have to allow – Mike has to allow himself to see the ball go in and maybe take some – some higher percentage shots to start a game. Um, and again, I think, you know, when I say panic, I think what it is to Gordon is the fact that he seems to be rushed. He seems to say, you know, he's the past, not sure, or maybe another player's cutting. But there's a lot of new faces with this team. Even when he's dribbling the ball, Looks ball a little you bit see him lose, lose right. uh, possession a little bit. Looks there. like he's faster than what his mind is at the time, where he's just like, I'm out in front, but not not ready yet, or I, I made the move too quick. Or he gets into traffic, yeah, and, and yeah. then he loses it. But, you know, watching him over the years, I mean, the guy has just been, a for his size, he's a tough guy and, and uh, dependable and, and uh, a locker room team leader, all the above. And the, nothing's changed in that regard. And I, I believe Mike Conley recovers from this. But, you know, again, I try to sit back and think, and I think fans have to think about this, too, and maybe they don't because the, the expectations are outrageously high, uh, especially when you look at uh, what the Jazz did and the players they moved to get, to get Conley here. But, again, if you try to put yourself in that position, if you've ever been in a job for a long period of time and then all of a sudden you leave and you uproot family and what have you and go to a new system – uh, it can be a little mind-boggling, it, despite the fact you're an incredibly high-level professional. It's it's um, and everyone and your 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 performance is there for everyone to see. So and, would you let him handle the ball more? Would you, if you're Quinn, do you make strategic changes? Good question. Look, the Jazz, as you know, are, are you know they don't like to number players much anymore in this league, um, except for Gobert, who's a true five, and Tony Bradley. We know that. Bottom line is that Joe Ingles handles a ball. Donovan Mitchell handles a ball. Um, Mike Conley obviously handles a ball. They want Dante to handle the ball when he gets healthy. Uh, multifaceted to keep defenses off balance. And, you know, I think, Mike, that you hit on something. Mike has always kind of been in charge and that could be another part of this equation of trying to figure things out that the Jazz don't need him on every possession to bring the ball up the floor, right? Right. right. I mean, Donovan, yeah. we know, is quite capable. Joe is quite capable of, of doing that as well. Uh, you may even see Boyan, you know. I mean, it's it's kind of a mixed bag out there. So uh, that could be part of that discussion over the last couple of days to see 
you know, what direction the Jazz go with Mike and how Mike feels about, you know, his role and the touches he gets. Because, again, I know he wants to succeed in a big, big way and, and lead this team to, to uh, the longest run the Jazz have been in since uh, 97 and, and 98. Jake, do you think the rebounding is fixable? Yes. Or, or, or do you think, it, oh, they're not tall enough, they're not big enough, they're not good enough rebounding-wise to to take control of the boards? Because against the Clippers, that was a joke. Yeah, but it it's kind of a one-off, if you think about it, uh, because they, they missed one you know really crucial one against Sacramento, and it cost him the game. And then 18 offensive rebounds against the Clippers. Yes, ridiculous. But up until that point, they had the highest defensive rebounding percentage in the in the league. So well, through the they, through I the thought... first five games, it was fine. The Sacramento game, they missed one real bad one, and then it was a disaster but, but against they, the Clippers. But, so, but, but it was so egregious that when you saw it happen, you think, okay, they learned their lesson from that, and then they went out and, uh, and got out rebounded by uh, by double figures. Uh, you know, but, at the but, defensive end and the offensive end. It's, and, it, hey, it's more challenging because they do. They aren't as big a team as they were last year. So I'm not right. it, uh, I'm not saying that that doesn't exist. But, but that was one game, whereas the first five games, it wasn't a problem at all. So do you think so it's just a matter of, of blocking out, yes. finding the right position, and any of those guys, including Mike Conley, can block their man out? Part and, of the problem, too, was the Clippers had a different scheme where they were crashing the board, the offensive glass with – Four players, which you don't see very much anymore in the NBA. That's so an they, athletic team, by the way, yeah. and their bench is uh, the best in the NBA. I mean, they they can score and they can rebound, and we're gonna, you know, the Jazz will run it against some of the better rebounding teams too in the East with Philly Sixers, and yeah. and uh, also the Bucks. So. Uh, you know, Ed Davis is out four to six weeks. So what happens? They put Tony Bradley on the floor, and I got to salute the young kid. I know that Quinn said post game, yeah, there's some things to fix. But you know what? In that situation, uh, his production I thought was was as good as you could expect. And you know, a couple of block shots uh, to go along with with his defense and offensive performance. So his plus minus was pretty poor. Yeah, minus fourteen. Yeah. So but. those are the those that plus minus is the one I think most coaches kind of look down the line. Let me see what oh when you're in okay. <laughs> uh, so things kind of fell apart because that fourth quarter was just uh, real well. You can define it however you like, but it equated into what was the Jazz were headed to a, a road win, but uh, really had not much to play with in the fourth quarter. Jake pointed this out when Donovan went that point where Donovan went out of the game. And in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, and, and and all of a sudden the wheels spin off. Yep. Tells you the importance of Donovan. I think Quinn's trying this year, too, to, to utilize him with both the first and second units. And so he'll play a shorter stint to start the game and then rotate himself back in and get a chance to play with Joe, get a chance to play with Jeff Green. Uh, I think Jeff Green is a better scorer than what we've seen so far. We saw him you know, knock it down pretty well in the preseason. But, again, uh, the bench is going to have to – take their game up a level and Moutier was out as well with hamstring tightness and uh, I believe he'll be back uh, tomorrow night he's so, out actually oh, he's they, out. they released they, it they today. did release I've been, on, I've been out and about so it's, it's uh, obviously going to be um, a little worse than what we thought so, so. Donovan's going to play a whole lot of point guard if you believe in positions well unless you decide to go you know with uh, one of the young guys but Again, I think Quinn likes his rotation, but when you lose two players like that, all of a sudden the adjustments come, and it throws things kind of out of whack. 
uh, when you don't have that those you know two players off the bench, then all of a sudden even your starters are forced guys that play longer minutes. Thank goodness you've got a 23 year old who's a, a, a rising star who can probably handle those minutes for now. But still, as the season wears on, those minutes will catch so up with you. So the fact that they're counting on him so much, does that spin Mike Conley into a bigger funk? Well, you'd hope not. Well, you hope, Gordo, that the the, 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 the light or the switch says, or his inner, inner self says, I'm more needed now than ever. And so whatever has bothered me or concerned me in the past, you let it go. I think if he just... And it's it's easier than said, and this is so easy because we all sit back and we can we can uh, look and observe and have our own opinions. But in reality, you know, it comes up to Mike Conley to say, I've, just to go out and be in a comfortable situation and build some confidence. I think for the first time in a long time in his career, he may doubt himself a bit. Mm. And so, how do you do that? It takes time. It's like a, a batter going to bat, right? And you've you've whiffed twelve in a row, or your batting average has dropped down to about one ninety, and you're going, "Have I? Can I? Can I even hit the ball again?" And all of a sudden, you break out. And you, because why? Maybe you don't think about it. You just go up and play. And you know, I just like to see Mike go out and play his game, and try to put all the other stuff behind him, and take that pressure off. But that takes. You know the right situations for that to happen. I thought maybe the breakdown had ha- already happened. The twenty nine, yeah, the and that he, game. that he was beyond it, uh, but he's he's kind of you know jumped back into that uh, you know struggling issue right now, and uh, the Jazz need him to be at a high level. They the the Jazz have to get him to turn it around. He's got to turn. And, and by the way, I I I don't want to speak for you guys, but I have the utmost confidence that he will. I mean, he's a great basketball player. Figure it out. Chris Maddox said it on our show yesterday. He said he's he's too good to not figure it out. And he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got a great track record. He's just going through oh, something right now. I agree with he's, that. Here's the thing, though, about it is with what we anticipate happening in the West. Every one of these games mm-hmm. is so freaking important. Oh, it's insane. It's, it's almost like it's playoffs all season long. All season long. long. And you know what? That's what happened when the Golden State uh, and KD went off to the to the Nets injured. Clay hurt himself. And now you got Steph Curry who uh, who broke a hand. Unbelievable. Yeah. It does come in threes. And even though he just, uh, KD was the first and he went out uh, to the Nets. But the door's wide open. And I think that's why each and every night you play, even a loss to an 0 5 Kings team comes, could come back and bite you oh, on a one point, yep. one that's point. That's a game you have to win. One, one point game on an offensive rebound put back uh, to, to, to take the win and win their first game, you know, by the way, of the season. Uh, this is not an easy season, by the way. And I think the Jazz know it. I know they know it. I mean, every team in the West knows it. And like you said, uh, you've got to take wins when you can. Take advantage of situations. Don't lose leads on the road because those games will always come back and you'll say, gosh, that game right there or that one there, that one there, you know, played a factor in our, you know, playoff uh, seedings. And I know it's game seven. You can't panic, Jazz fans. I can understand your frustration because, again, Jake, it goes back to this. The hype of the offseason was probably the most intense and the most excitable I've seen this city, this state, this fan base in a long time. Yep. And so with that comes expectations, and when they're not delivered right out of the gate, then some will hit the panic button. Look, you just said it. Mike Conley's too good that you throw a towel in on Game 7, folks. Bottom line. He's going to come And I, I just – I think his numbers, his career numbers prove that. Um, and, it, again, Quinn's system 
is a difficult one. And, uh, you know, when you've had language embedded in your in your brain for 12 years, you're learning a new language, basically. Right. And so the Quinn Snyder defensive system, offensive system. I mean, the point guard obviously is, you know, Quinn played the position. So, you know, he's he's a, a tactician. He's 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 a guy that wants it perfect. And so uh, I think Mike's learning a whole new way and a whole new way of being coached, honestly, as well. And Moutier came here for that particular reason. He wanted to get better. He wanted to be coached. He wanted this system to push him. And I talked to him last week, and he said he couldn't be happier because the first time someone's really put an arm around him and said, hey, this is how you're supposed to do it. And how about hearing that from a pro basketball player or any player, any professional? Sometimes coaching gets lost because of athleticism or athletic talent. Some Some players – almost refuse to be coached but to get an athlete that wants coaching to get better hmm that's a breath of fresh air picture, for me picture this though guys picture donovan donovan playing the way he's playing right now yeah and then picture bogdanovich doing his mm-hmm. thing and then mike conley doing his 20 points a game thing now i don't know whether the number will be that but you get my point you know i think when he's playing at his optimum i mean we all can imagine this offense looking the way it should. Yeah, he had a career year last year in Memphis, as we all know, but he was just the centerpiece. There wasn't very many pieces left in old, the old grind city that he grew up in. And, and again, um, I think he has to realize, too, there's more options in Quinn's offense than just himself, who handles the ball on a – back in the day, he probably handled the ball 90% of the time. And here, that's not the case. So when the ball comes his way, I, I still think that he's trying to do a lot – in a short period of time. And then, you know, Harpering and Big T have always said this. Any any player I've ever done, a former player or that I've ever done a game with, no matter where I've been, is they always say, get an easy bucket. Get that easy bucket first, if you can. And then it's the old cliche of seeing the ball go in. And then the pressure all of a sudden just seems to ease away. Sounds easier than maybe it really is in, in the way that they run offense. But – Pick your best shot. I mean, he's more of a mid-range guy. He can shoot the three, but you, you miss the first couple of three-pointers you know, on, on a given night, and all of a sudden, if doubt hits you, then it could be a long evening. But maybe you hit a little floater, runner, baseline, and all of a sudden you go, hey, let's go. And that can change a game and change a player's uh, whole attitude. We'll have more with Bowler coming up right around the corner. I want to remind you to uh, listen this Wednesday for your chance to win Salt Lake City Stars tickets on a win ticket Wednesday. Get into the action by grabbing your Stars tickets today. Experience the excitement and community of Salt Lake City Stars basketball all season long. Ticket options include single-game tickets, group experiences, premium seating, and season ticket packages. Call 801-325-STAR to get your tickets today. More with Bowler straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I think the biggest thing, you know, I think for us just continuing to, to look for it, you know, um, teams scout it, you know, so it's tougher to get it to him. And I think we've come to a realization, that he's come to a realization of that, but, you know, we're, we're trying, we're finding ways to get down there, but right now we're just trying to figure out, well, we got to rebound. <laughs> you know, like we got, we got to rebound, close out games. I think that's pretty much where our heads are at, not really, you know, too focused about offense. Offense we'll figure out as it, as it comes, but, you know, we, I think we're, what, six and two, six and one, you know, if we don't, uh, if we box out. You know? That was Donovan Mitchell at practice today uh, talking about some of the comments Rudy Gobert had to Andy Larson of the Salt Lake Tribune. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Bowler in the house as well. 
Uh, Bowler, uh, I want to get your reaction to what Rudy had to say. Here are the comments uh, that uh, that Donovan was talking about. Quote, when you have a guy that's 7-2 who can catch the ball and finish under the rim, you have to use it. We haven't done it in the last two years against the Rockets, and we're not doing it right now, so I'm hoping we can work on it. He went on to say uh, uh, some games they do it, but we have to be able to offer variations. The drive is great, but the pass to the big is a weapon that we have and we don't use it. Usually I feel like we can lob it up, but once the lob isn't there, we're not really looking. It's on me to get in good positions at the rim. At the same time, it's on my teammates to want to find me, hmm. unquote. Hmm. What, are your, what are your thoughts on what, uh, what Rudy said? Uh, my personal thought is pretty uh, strong comment, uh, seven games in. Uh, but Rudy's a passionate guy, and um, I would think, you know, speak the truth instead of maybe hiding it. Uh, but obviously, Donovan made a uh, you know made a point in that uh, his response a little bit today. Here's what I I would think too is that uh, you know teams really get the Jazz in the sense of who who they don't want to touch the ball, and you also have a new point guard, and that's Mike Conley. Uh, who is trying to understand also where the ball needs to be put uh, for Rudy to be successful and for him to get good position down on that block and for him to make the catch. Because, look, we know in traffic Rudy will have more issues, right? It has to be on the rim, up above the rim, above everyone else for him to complete a play. He led the league in dunks for a reason last year uh, because Donovan, Joe, and Ricky were pretty damn good of knowing where to put the ball for, for one, Rudy Gobert. And it's a work in progress. You know, again, new faces, new styles of play, uh, understanding who Rudy is and saying, okay, big fella, I know where you got to be, and now I get it. And, again, seven games in, I know he's frustrated because he wants to be a big part of this offense. Um, you know, you wish that Rudy had maybe one more move in his, his, in his repertoire, but at the same time, his role to the rim is is a killer. Uh, you know he's a great he's the best screen assist man in the NBA, but he wants to be rewarded too on the offensive end to put some points down. And the Jazz need the offense too. Let's not take that away. The guy was a double double guy and actually is finding his way to the free throw line and little by little getting a little better at the stripe throughout his career. If you're not going to give Rudy the ball where he seems to think he deserves it and wants it, then you better hit your shots. I would agree. Because if Rudy can't get to the place where he wants to get, then that means that they're committing resources to do so, which means that the guys around the perimeter need to be able to hit their shots or create their shots. Well, right now Rudy is usually doubled, and when they go to the block inside and the ball's too low, I saw a couple of passes the other night about chest high, and again, when other you know, six, nine guys when they're grabbing at him around the numbers, it's going to be difficult for him to finish, right? Uh, it's got to be above. It's got to be above, um, you know, the rest of where the defense stands. And uh, that just seems that has not occurred often enough for him. And, you know, that's something the Jazz will have to continue to work on. But you're right. If they see him doubled, instead of forcing the ball inside and most likely turning the ball over, then you've got to make good. If you don't go inside, then that shot, uh, the Jazz have got to be better yeah. percentage-wise and knocking down. Even if it is a mid-range J, it's twos better than nothing. I know that you know analytics is threes and, and at the rim, but you know there's still a couple of things that can be done uh, to get a bucket on a 15-footer or a little eight-foot floater, whatever it may be. Uh, I know analytics don't support that, but I still think there's room for mid-range play in this league. 
See, the thing with the the Rudy comments, and uh, I was trying to put my finger on it, but it, this part stands out to me. He says, usually I feel like we can lob it up, but once the lob isn't there, we're not really looking. Well, isn't there a reason? Because the lob is what Rudy's got. He doesn't have another move. You can't dump it into Rudy and let him go to work. It's not that's not where his game's in fact, at right Conley now. He's done that on a few occasions where Rudy was in a bad position where he right. can't maneuver. Now, so we, you don't want to do that. Well, now we had a tweeter real quick point out that he was missed on a couple times where he got a mismatch and had a guard pinned under the basket. Uh, and uh, I I'm, okay, I'm guessing, I can see him yeah. get grumpy around yeah, about yeah, Jake, that. But, I'm guessing that's where his direction of his comment is because they have had some switches and they've been always everyone's looking for switches in this league. Obviously, and Rudy will get a few and that's where he's got the mismatch. Yeah. But the ball's got to be put, you know, where he needs it to be. And that takes, I guess, from Conley's standpoint, and even, you know, Joe. Joe knows uh, Rudy's moves quite a bit. But what happens, too, is if they double Rudy, and as you guys know, he may, he's a strong guy up top, but the, the concern is always sometimes getting bumped off his spot. And, and they'll get rough with him waist down. And if you start to bump him off that spot, then he gets a little off balance, and it's more difficult, obviously, to hit him on a on a perfect line. You can see why, though, when you're down there and you are getting bumped around, Bowler, and you do get a mismatch, give me the ball. Yeah, absolutely. You know, every big man wants the ball in the block, especially yeah. a big man like Rudy who can't create his own shot. He, he just cannot handle the ball that the way. The beauty of Rudy is the you know the lob pass, the high pass, as Quinn likes to call it, and also his offensive rebound ability, which, again, the Jazz are waiting for a lot of players, I think, to get in on the offensive side, right? They had five in all uh, the other night, and you in the second chance points was another part of the box score. You look at it and you go, wow, yep. the Jazz, you know, it's one and out. Yeah, you can't win like and that. And you can't win like that. You can go to the free throw line all you want, but you've got to have some ability to get back and get second chance opportunities thanks thanks to the offensive rebound. And Rudy can he gets a lot of points that way because he's above everybody else when the ball comes off the rim. But also though, the ball flies outside that pocket of his three or four foot range and someone else has got to be there to rebound the ball or block out. And, and and give an opportunity for the Jazz to, to pick up another opportunity to, to get a So that's a the irony to this whole thing, Bowler. On the one hand, sometimes Rudy gets ignored. On the other hand, sometimes he's counted on to do too much. Oh, he's counted on to, <laughs> to do a lot. You bet. <laughs> hey, right, Rudy will get that rebound. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? You can get lulled to sleep. And, and look, last year, Faves and Crowder. Crowder was just kind of a bully guy. Uh, Faves was, had the ability to rebound. And Ricky was a good a good point guard rebounder, by the way. You know, he's a bigger-bodied guy, and he, he was out there, and it would st- start some breaks on some rebounds. Uh, so it's on the defensive side. But, you know, it's it, it, I, Rudy's frustration I, it doesn't surprise me because his desire to be the best, we saw it last year, he wants to take it to the, the ultimate level. And he knows. He read the hype. He's, he sensed it. He feels it. And he believes his team's better than what they've shown so far. So here we are, seven games in, and you know Rudy wants this team to win, and he wants to be a big part of why they do. All right, we'll have more coming up on the other side as Bowler is with us for the entire 5 o'clock hour. We love it when Bowler has a chance to come in studio. want to remind you to join Hans and Scotty G coming up on Friday from noon to 3 at the Warehouse in Orem, their new location, 85 East University Parkway. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Craig Bowler, Jack, in studio, hanging out with us. Uh, and we were just talking about uh, uh, this during the break, Bowler, but depth might be something that we need to follow going along in this season. And Emmanuel Moutier is not going to play. Uh, tomorrow he's dealing with a hamstring issue, but this isn't uh, quite the. This team isn't as deep as last year's. Well, team. even more so now with Ed Davis out for four to six weeks with a fractured, uh, you know, fibula, and then Dante. I know everyone asks me wherever I go, is it soon? Is it soon? I I'm not a doctor. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Jim. Jim. Not a veterinarian, Jim, my doctor. But I'm not, a, I'm not a mechanic. I haven't seen a Star Trek episode like <laughs> that been, for a while. I gotta, a while. I gotta find dig one of those out. <laughs> but uh, you know, you bring up an interesting point. I mean, there's some young talent there, but they're you know playing stars in, in the G League. Uh, but they need experience and minutes and exposed to to the system. Um, what do you do with George Niang? His, will his minutes increase or steady? Tony Bradley's obviously going to be forced into more to more minutes as well. And Joe Ingles, you know, is going. We haven't talked about Joe either. I think Joe's going through a process himself. Yeah, you know, who who's been a starter in this league, and yeah, he's all about team. And he's told Quinn a couple of times prior to this decision by the Jazz to make bring him off the bench, but. You know, he was a starter and seemed to really kind of just help kick the Jazz into a different level. They hoped that he would do that with a second unit. And there's been moments, you know, that that Joe, he had three threes the other night. But, again, more pressure maybe on him, too, to, to help the second unit rise above more than 19, 20 points a night in this league. Do you think he's aggressive enough offensively? Joe, I think, uh, does a little bit of everything and is a coach on the floor, Gordo. That's a great question because, again, I'm still trying to figure out, um, you know, how he is adjusting to a six-man type of role. Um, I think Quinn would like to see I think he would be willing to greenlight him anytime he touches the Mm -hmm. ball. But at the same time, he's kind of running the floor a little bit. They're trying to use Donovan with the second unit, as we talked about with Jeff Green and Joe and and Donovan Mitchell as well. So they've staggered those minutes somewhat. You know, it's still maybe it is a work in progress. And I know fans don't want to hear that, but in reality, uh, it is. And I don't think the Jazz are alone either. I mean, I think a lot of teams in the West – who made multiple changes this offseason still find themselves in in some some similar situations yeah. with new faces, uh, coaches that are trying to, you know, preach what they need and what the offense and defensive schemes are. And I, I just thought maybe the first ten or ten games or so. But the Jazz are rolling up on games eight and nine and ten this weekend in Golden State. And that's where we kind of all thought that maybe the rust or the uh, indecision or the inabilities of maybe not quite grasping uh, the concept would finally, you know, settle in and say, "Oh yeah," and "Oh now I get it." Uh, got a couple, three more games before you hit the ten mark. We'll see what happens. Real quick on Joe Ingles uh, while we're talking about it, uh, and tell me if you think that uh, this is enough. Right now, he is attempting four point seven threes a game. He's making one point six for basically thirty three percent. Uh, from three, but 4.7 attempts. And in this category, by the way, Bogdanovich leads the Jazz with 6.7 attempts. Mm-hmm. But 4.7 attempts a game, that that feels low to me. Yeah. I, it, a little it, bit low, but the percentage is really low. That's beneath Joe. Well, he's shooting 36% from the field overall. Yeah. He's had trouble finishing with that deadly little scoop left hand that he's been so good at over the years. 
Uh, he's on the radar defensively as well, and maybe even more zeroed in when he comes in as a second unit leader. But thirty three percent from three nah, bowler. I, I mean, Joe's usually what last? Wasn't he usually up around forty? Yeah, he's a thirty seven, thirty nine percent guy, uh, and it's amazing what those three or four or five percentage points yeah. how that how, how what that equates to. Usually another half a make, and I know that sounds crazy to say a half a make, but it's <laughs> kind of the way it is in in the analytics of it all. But you know, Joe's just a is a doggone good basketball player. And I think that, again, the adjustment to his new role, and I don't know if the whole starting five is a, is a solid, you know, if that's in, if that's chiseled in, in, in granite or not. I mean, I, I don't think, know if anything is. I think everything is interchangeable at the moment, and I think you'll still see, on depending on matchups, Jake and Gordon, uh, the Jeff Greens, the Joe Ingles could slide in and out of, of starting positions. Quinn doesn't put a lot of stock in starters. It's all about, most coaches say, who's on the floor to finish out and win a ball game for me. And that's what you really have to look at when it comes down to the stretch. Who does he put his trust in to go seal the deal? I don't think it's as bleak as maybe it's sounding right now. I I think the Jazz are going to be okay. Uh, It's just that the expectations that you were talking about earlier have ratcheted up so high. And I think for us, too. Look, I'm going to say I'll be the first to say it. I think I looked at that roster on paper and went, wow, wow, Conley. I mean, I've watched him for you know his entire career, and the guy a, is a gamer, player, and a leader. And I thought, okay, great, fits in perfectly, and the great mentor and a great compliment to Donovan Mitchell on the backcourt. Rudy comes back, defensive player of the year. You get Bogdanovich, who who, who we know. What I tell you, what Gordon, he surprised me how, as how athletic he is, even yeah. on, on the offensive side where he can drive and finish, and also still can take the ball outside bit. and pass mm-hmm. the ball. And now you know Joe Six Man. Okay, Jeff Green, wow, journeyman, but still a guy that can put the ball in the hole. And Ed Davis, we knew knew was a rebounder. George had had a couple of good years with the Jazz. And, you know, all of a sudden, Moutier, who a lot of people thought, well, maybe not as good, but he wanted to be here and the Jazz were excited to coach him. And all of a sudden, I think we all fell. I think everyone fell under this thing, this this expectation of this Jazz team being right at the top, right out of the gate. And look, there's a lot of ball to be played. I know Jazz fans don't want to hear. They want to see wins. I get that. It's going to come around. But it, it has to. I think it will. If it doesn't, then you know you have to wait and see what happens uh, as the season progresses. You know, some people say they're going to make a move because Ed Davis is out for a four to six week span. Uh, I don't sense it right now, but you never know. I, you can't predict what Justin and Dennis and uh, David Moray, the the three guys who make those decisions, what direction they're going to go. But rebounding would be nice, a nice start if the Jazz can find some answers starting tomorrow night against uh, Philly. He is Craig Bowlerjack. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott will have more coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Craig Bowler Jack with you. And uh, it feels, uh, Bowler, like we've kind of been on that almost every other day jazz game uh, kick. It feels kind of strange. We're not getting ready for a game. We have. We have been on every – I mean, we played five in the first eight days. Then you hit a couple of games on a a road trip back home, two days off. And now you got Wednesday, Friday, and then you head out and play uh, Golden State on a Sunday. And 
you know, repeat and wash, right? I mean, that's kind of the way. Yeah. <laughs> the way well, this... So what, what's going on on these off days? Uh, they're not off days for the Jazz players no. because you know Quinn is instructing right now. What do you think practice looks like? Well, practice is what Quinn wants and to work on. That's uh, it's positioning. You know, on the road during shoot arounds, it's it's a, it's a very um, you know uh, fine tuned. He knows exactly what's going on. And so does his coaching staff. You know, it's, it's sheets of paper with 1 through 10. And they fold them and look at them, and then they continue to go through each of those processes of what they want to hit on. And Rebounding. They, yeah, well, I'm sure. You know, that's that's got to be part of it. Shooting, confidence. I, I, know, I know Quinn, look, upset. He's not happy with the performance to this point, and he's always wanting this, his teams to be better. And... You know, one word was uh, connectivity was something a couple of years ago. Uh, And now you have a lot of new faces uh, with high expectations, and I'm sure he feels those expectations and demands that these guys bring it. I mean, it's about defense first, and then the offensive game, hopefully. They've got to help themselves, too, with some defensive plays to get get an easy layup. You know, just just an easy bucket, you know, to say, hey, man, that that paid off. The steal, the block shot. Uh, All that hasn't come yet, even though Rudy has altered a a lot of shots, hasn't blocked a ton of shots, but he's altered and done his job. But I don't think the Jazz have really been rewarded yet for that defense with some easy buckets on the other end. And um, hopefully tomorrow night against Milwaukee, excuse me, Philadelphia, I mean, the emotions in the house with Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid is back after a two-game suspension. So, is he a punk? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear around the league all sorts of stories, but maybe he hasn't grown up yet, man. <laughs> Needs to mature. Mature. I mean, look, I keep thinking of myself when I was in my early 20s. I mean, I must have been a punk. <laughs> you know? Let's picture that for a moment, shall we? <laughs> But but think about it. If you're playing at that level in the NBA and you're making that type of dough and the expectations there, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was a pretty uh, the cat man, Carl Anthony Towns, and him going at it. You know what? They actually they actually uh, did a couple of uh, over the top pops, and I thought they would get more than two games. Both of I them. did too. I was I was saying minimum five. But the thing between the two bigs, I mean, that was a. As Charles Barkley called it, a hug fest. <laughs> it was a little bit of a hug fest. <laughs> well, and then Ben they, Simmons they usually are choking him, and oh, then yeah. Ben Simmons gets nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it, funny. You bring that thing up, Bowler, about uh, Donovan and Ben Simmons. That thing is going to linger, isn't it? Always. It's, it's never going to go away. You know what? It was It was the Chris Paul, Darren Williams. They were, you know, here was the line that was always used, forever linked. Forever linked. <laughs> because Sloan passed on a smaller guard. He wanted bulk and, and a guy that could take the, the punishment, right? Yep. And then, strangely, Duren was kind of the part of his undoing. I mean, it's just bizarre. Yep. Isn't it how, how, it, how it all works? Life, you know, that decision became really kind of a, a big thorn in one Jerry Sloan's side. That it, that it did. It really is amazing. What a, but he had his greatest years here, by the way. I'm talking, speaking of Duren. Oh, Williams, by far. And yep. he knows it. And he definitely knows it. Bowler, thanks for dropping by. Absolutely. As usual. Gordo, I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Thanks, uh, everybody. Thanks, thanks for all our, li- all our listeners. We do appreciate you tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.